Hi, and welcome to The Movie Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? And I'm Hannah. And if you want to hear more from the Booby Girls, we are on Patreon. All you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash the Booby Girls. And we just recently started our new newest Booby Serials, um, Nine Perfect Strangers, mm-hmm. which is on Hulu. So you can catch up on those episodes there. So you want to know what's funny about that? What's funny? I talked to my mom today while I was walking through Target. Uh-huh. And she, she's found this new Josh Stamos, not Josh, John Stamos uh, podcast oh, that she's goodness. been listening okay. to. She said it's fascinating. She tells me about it all the time. And he um, keeps promoting Nine Perfect Strangers. Oh, oh so, is it one of his like uh, commercials or ads? Yeah, it's just funny because she's like, that's how I know it. And I was like, great. Thank you, John Stamos. <laughs> I do love me some John Stamos. I, it, evidently it's called... Uh, the kidnapping of Sinatra, something like it's about the Sinatra family. I believe oh, I could be totally wrong. Okay, she'll tell you all about it. She'll be here. I this was week. really hoping you were going to say it was a Full House rewatch podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it is not. That's not what it is. <laughs> all right. So this week on the regular feed, we are covering "If I Stay." Um, and I titled this uh, "Shooting Star Fan Club." Because I like the band Shooting Star in the movie, but it's not named Shooting Star. Sure isn't. No, so I like the name. I do too. That's cute. So Shooting Star Fan Club. All right. So the book was originally published April 2nd, 2009, and it's written by Gail Foreman. It has a 3.9 out of 5 on Goodreads, and it's 234 pages. And the movie came out in 2014. Um, you can currently find it on Amazon Prime because none of the free streaming systems have it. For $3.99. <laughs> For $3.99. Um, it's uh, PG-13. It's a drama fantasy music. And it's an hour and 47 minutes. Music on. is the theme? Yeah, it's one of the genres, I guess. Um, Directed uh, by R.J. Cutler, who um, recently just directed the Billie Eilish, uh, The World's a Little Blurry documentary that was out. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, but that's all I really recognize of him. Yeah, I don't know him very much. Mm -mm. Uh, So the IMDb synopsis reads, Life changes in an instant for young Mia Hall after a car accident puts her in a coma. During an out-of-body experience, she must decide whether to wake up and live a life far different than she had imagined. The choice is hers if she can go on. Seems pretty... If if only that were true. (laughs) Well. (laughs) So some interesting facts about the book. This is one of 11 novels written by Gail Foreman. The most recent, uh, titled We Are Inevitable, released earlier this year. Have not read it yet. I've seen it quite a bit, though. Um, A sequel to If I Stay uh, was published in 2011 called Where She Went. And it's actually written by from the perspective of Adam. I read. Oh, from Adam? From Adam's Mm. perspective. Yes. And it's kind of later on in their... Um, time together or not. But like during the car accident? No. Time? Oh. No, it's set later, but it like kind of goes back to oh time. Fascinating. Because that was the one thing that I needed. I felt like I just needed to figure out what happened and after maybe, this. And I think it's like kind of where, you know how this does flashbacks? Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's set in present day, but it's probably yeah. flashing back to around huh. that time. Interesting. Yeah. If I Stay was nominated for 2009 Goodreads Best Young Adult Fiction, but unfortunately it lost out to Along for the Ride by Sarah Dessen. And I absolutely love Sarah Dessen growing up. I read what all of her books. What else has she written? She wrote like, um, and I'm drawing a blank right now. <laughs> The Truth About Forever. Um, it's like the one we keep seeing at Goodwill. And I'm like, 
have you read Sarah Dessa? And every time you're like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you saw her, you would probably okay, know okay. what I'm talking about. Um, oddly enough, though, the sequel, Where She Went, ended up actually winning in that same category on Goodreads in 2011. <laughs> so If I Stay didn't win, but Where She Went did. I'm kind of surprised this hasn't been turned into, the second one didn't. Well, Turn let's let's it. hear about the movie. Was I it mean, worthy maybe. of making a second well, one? Well, if you ask Rotten Tomatoes, no. <laughs> Was that all you had for facts? That's all okay. I had. <laughs> uh, yeah, it only has a 35% on Rotten Tomatoes, Yikes. which... Pretty much. It was funny. I think in one of our last episodes when we were talking about doing this, I was like, I think it's just one of those like teen like cancer movies. Mm. She doesn't have cancer in this, but but it's kind of along the same lines of the young love tragic story. And I think people just don't like that sometimes. Like you got to be like in it all the way or you hate it. Um, It had a budget of $11 million, but it did gross worldwide $78 million. So not bad for a small budget like that. So... (laughs) The whole time during this movie, I was like, did Chloe Grace Moritz really know how to play the cello that well? I was like, no way. <laughs> I was no like, way. there's no way. Come to find out she didn't. Um, <laughs> she did learn how to play it for this role, but it wasn't like as successful as right. they like were going to need her to be. So they do have a double of um, of her playing the cello and they added her head into the frame many mm. a times. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, RJ Cutler, the director of the movie, gave each actor an iPod that he curated a playlist for each of them based on their character on what they might be listening to. Oh, so Chloe got everything classical and then Jamie Blackley who plays Adam got like punk rock type mm-hmm. music. So. I do like that um, music is intertwined in this story yes. pretty heavily. And they did it a lot better than <laughs> my biggest pet peeve. I was watching this one. It's a Spanish show that's on Netflix, but uh, it's one of my biggest pet peeves is that there's like, you know, the music is going or whatever. And then they show the kid with, you know, their headphones Mm -hmm. in and then the kid takes the headphones out and the music stops. So it makes you, it's supposed to make you think that the kid was listening to that song, which happens. It's fine. If you want to do it like once (laughs) they do it literally every episode. I'm like, can we just play the song? Like, do we need, do you need to like try to make me think that this kid is actually listening to this song? I don't necessarily need to, but I personally like it. (laughs) It was overkill. I just like the transition of that. It sounds cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the film was um, based in Portland, Oregon, um, but was shot in British Columbia, which a lot of Northwest movies are because mm-hmm. that area, that region is all the same and it's a lot cheaper to film in British Columbia. Is it? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's where Twilight was filmed. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know it was cheaper. I'm sure the taxes are it's way cheaper. It's a very expensive city. Yeah. So I don't know. That's surprising. Okay. So. Uh, so the cast of the movie, we'll start with Mia Hall. She is the teenage girl who gets in the car accident with her family, and she has this out-of-body experience mm-hmm. the whole time. Is played by, I guess, boyfriend Ray's girl. He loves her. He's literally said that about, like, five other girls. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, Chloe Grace Moritz. I actually know her more because she used to date uh, Brooklyn Beckham, mm-hmm. and I followed him on Instagram for a while, and so, like, I saw her all the time, which I just never really saw them together all that He's very good looking. He is. I don't actually... Is he of age? Yeah, I'm (laughs) sure he is. I'm sure he is. Um, Funny enough, though, I kind of was like, she's very well known. Like, she has been a ton of things that I know. Mm -hmm. No. No. She um, was in Kick-Ass 1 and 2. She plays Carrie in the new adaptation of Carrie. Well, 2016 version of it. And then she's also the voice of Wednesday Addams in the new Addams Family uh, animated series oh, okay. or not series but a couple movies that they've mm-hmm. done but really other than that i was like oh i think like not said, a lot here she's one of those that like you just kind of know of 
Like, yeah, just like, yeah, I know Chloe. You know, I yeah. know her. But, yeah. like... Very bizarre. Yeah. Uh, they did say that Dakota Fanning was up for this role, which, sure. Eesh. I can't... <laughs> and I talked about this during our Once Upon a Time in Hollywood episode, because she's in that briefly. But, like, for whatever reason, I can't see Dakota Fanning beyond her, like, young years, when she was, like, in those movies with, like, Denzel Washington True. and all those. Like, True. I can't see her as an older person or yeah. actor. Um, I... I liked Chloe. I do feel like it was just kind of like a okay, like. It was fine. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't anything like She incredible. was like the mousy girl that, yeah. you know. Yeah. That the role needed. Um, at the I, time, she did have short blonde hair, I uh-huh. guess. And so she does wear a wig throughout this whole Very movie. Very obvious. Which you can totally tell. Yeah. I think um, from now on, I will have to put everyone up against Amanda Stenberg for right. like YA movies. That's true. <laughs> That's like the bar. That's true. Anything be- below that is just not worthy. Yeah. <laughs> for real. So yeah, I mean, I think she was fine. Yeah. Uh, so Adam, who is uh, Mia's boyfriend... Uh, during this movie is played by Jamie Blackley. He was in um, The Last Kingdom, but other than that, I didn't really recognize anything else he's been in. Um, but he did record all of his songs and sang them live for oh. for the movie, which I thought was cool. Good for so him. So wa- maybe he's a little bit more musical than he is, you know. The name doesn't ring a bell, really, but um, no. I'm sure he's one of those that is like indie and yeah. no one really knows him, unless yeah. you like him. True. <laughs> I thought he was cute. He was fine. He interchangeable. For yeah, me. everyone's kind of just fine at this yeah. point. <laughs> uh, so her uh, Mia's best friend Kim is played by Liana Liberto. Um, the only reason I know her and why I'm bringing her up, I just got done watching um, a series called Light as a Feather mm-hmm. on it HBO, and she's the main character in it, and she oh. even plays a twin, so she's in there twice. Um, so I'm like, that's that girl. It's a really good. She she reminds me way too much of Amanda Bynes. Um, her oh, face, okay. but um, she was really good in that series. So it's kind of like a creepy, yeah. you know, horror so type she's show. she's not actually a twin. She just plays. She plays twins. a twin. Okay. So it's basically about like they play the the sh- the um, game light as a feather, stiff as a board, and then people st- start dying and whatnot. Oh, it's so, like a creepy show. Yeah. Oh. But it's good though. Interesting. I liked it. But you watch a lot of different shows. <laughs> What? Like, how do you have time for that? I mean, I do. I watch shows when I am like getting ready. Like after I take a shower, I'll put up yeah. a show up. Oh, or... so you don't do like me and rewatch series four no, or five times? No, I try to watch new things. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Yes. Um, I did read that her, Chloe, and Jamie um, all became really close friends after this. And they even nominated each other for the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge when that was happening. Oh, <laughs> so. that feels like ages ago. Right. Uh, so moving on, Gramps, uh, Mia's grandpa in this, is played by Stacy Ketch, I think. He was in Blue Bloods, The Bourne Legacy, Legacy, and we know him as the warden from Prison Break. Oh, yeah. Um, I love him. He's like, looks like the grandpa everyone wants to have. Pretty much, yeah. So I thought he's so cute, though. He, he actually, I got the most emotion from him in this movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like saying a lot. But. Yeah, so... We get a little bit more, obviously, about him and the grandma in the book. Um, But I really liked him. I think he's America's grandpa and he's perfect for the role. (laughs) Lastly, I wanted to talk about someone you probably wouldn't think I would bring up. But Nurse Ramirez Mm -hmm. is played by Aisha Hines. And she's in one of my favorite shows, 911. She's a paramedic. And she was also Harriet Tubman in Underground. And she also was in True Blood for quite a few seasons as well. Um, 
Funny enough, though, in 911, she play, like I said, she plays a paramedic and she was driving the ambulance and she, she actually kills, she gets in a car accident and kills a very young, promising musician. In the show. In the show. Oh, wow. So it's just kind of funny. I was like, oh, and now she's in this one, like saving this young, you know, promising she, musician. She's redeeming herself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to bring her up for that fact because I really like her in 911. I didn't even recognize her. I haven't seen any of those things, yeah. but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> she was fine. Yeah. I mean, the in the book, you kind of get in much more like... um like, she's really invested in, mm-hmm. you know, Mia's story and, you know, making sure she stays alive. But I guess for what it's worth, she did a good job, a good yeah. enough job in the movie. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> and that was all I really felt need to talk about. Mm, okay. Uh, the mom, who obviously we'll mm-hmm. talk about, you know, they don't really talk too much. about. I don't know her name, but she was in a show called The Catch, I want to say. Mm-hmm. It got canceled after, like, two seasons, but I really liked it. It was one of those where, like, I tried to watch something new mm-hmm. and I had, you know, you get, like, so into it and you get yeah. so hopeful and then they cancel it and you're like, Cool. cool. I wasted two seasons for nothing. <laughs> oh, trust me. I got really mad when they canceled um, The Prodigal Son. Uh-huh. Furious. That's a great show. <laughs> and Netflix better pick it up or I'm going to be really mad. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yes. <laughs> All right. Time for Who Said It. Your first quote is, if I stay, if I leave, it's up to me. Mia. Yes. <laughs> Started <laughs> you out real, yeah, real thanks. easy. <laughs> All right. Next one. I just wanted to tell you that I understand if you go. It's okay if you have to leave us. It's okay if you want to stop fighting. Oh, that's Gramps. Gramps. Oh, oh, such a tearjerker. I feel like, and we'll talk about this, but like him in the book, like he, he has great quotes like that, but like him in the movie, man, he really like tugs at your heartstrings. He really does because he's a big tough guy and yeah, then he cries. I know. All right, next one. The you who you are tonight is the same you I was in love with yesterday. The same you I'll be in love with tomorrow. That was Adam. Yes. And she's like, oh, you love me? <laughs> Last but not least, sometimes you make choices in life and sometimes choices make you. Oh, that's a great quote. Mm, I don't know. Let's go with her mom. Mm, her dad. Ah, close 50-50 chef. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're not going to do F. Mary Kill because most of these main age. characters are underage. Or so. deceased. <laughs> or, or deceased. All are already dead. <laughs> um, let's just pick Gramps to, to marry and yes. just call it a day. Yes. <laughs> so the movie is pretty short. I went into it with pretty low expectations, to be perfectly honest with <laughs> because you. Because it was short? Yeah. Just okay. like after reading the book, I was like, they're not going to put in the parts that like really are like like they're really gut-wrenching mm. and they just kind of soften it all for yeah. me to be perfectly honest i'm just gonna say that off the bat so anyways the movie um opens up with the family at home um we find out pretty quickly that mia's mom and dad used to be like these hardcore rockers mm-hmm. and who have now kind of become the suburban <laughs> american yeah, yeah. <laughs> suburban parents um and we see that it's snowing outside which is so funny because, you know, growing up in the Northwest, like, yeah, I know about school day or snow days. Like, we used to have at least one a year, mm-hmm. if not more or whatever. Now in Arizona, it's like, no. We have, no, like, heat warning days. There should be, like, heat days here, <laughs> but there's not. <laughs> so, But, I re- like, I'm reading this when the kids are, like, so excited about, mm. like, snow days. And, like, I just, that, like, was a very, like, yeah. nostalgic moment for me was the snow day scene. I think I had maybe one snow day when I lived in British Columbia. Which is surprising. Well, it didn't snow as often as I, like, thought it would. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't rain nearly as much as it does in, like, Seattle or yeah. other areas. So it's just kind of, like, always really great weather. <laughs> well, and they're very touchy now about snow days. Mm. Like, 
Because if it's snowing outside and someone gets in an accident because they're trying to get to school in this light dusting of snow, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they're like, all right, it's it might, might snow. <laughs> Let's just call it. Um, anyway, so we then see her mom talking about this band that's on the cover of the newspaper. And they're like, oh, my gosh, this band is opening up um, for the shins in Portland. And... It's kind of how it happens in the book. Like, I think, I don't know if it's the shins that they're supposed to be. Definitely not the shins. I can't remember the name of the band, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, you get the point. Yeah. So (laughs) there's someone in this band that Mia obviously is connected with because her mom's like, well, we haven't seen him around very often. And she's like, yeah, I know, mom. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> uh, so uh, this snow day has officially been called, um, which their dad is a teacher at the school. So the kids have off. So mom's also like, all right, well, if you guys get the day off, like I get the day off. Right. So from her part time job. <laughs> yeah. At the travel agency. <laughs> right. So she calls into work. So now the whole family is has a day off. But in the book, you know, they kind of talk about how. It was a snow day, but it's like this light dusting. So it's not a big deal. Right. Because they're like, all right, well, we're still like going to go like out. Like, yeah, let's go let's do something car, as a family. Let's go do something. You know. Yeah. So after that, we do find out a little bit more about Adam and that he's in this very popular band. And and we get this flashback of when he's walking by the, I guess, the band room. <laughs> and yeah. Mia's in there playing the cello all by herself. And he like falls in love with her at first sight. (laughs) And this is where we meet her friend Kim as well. Kim is like her best friend through high school. We kind of get this really cool little backstory of these two in the book about like how they, how they were like mortal enemies at the beginning. Um, yes. So both of both Kim and Mia were for all intents and purposes, nerds in school. Um, so of course it's like natural that everyone would think that they would be friends. Turns out that's not how things started. They actually ended up getting into a physical fight with each other and by by that happening, um, they kind of, I guess, joined forces as opposed to like becoming enemies yeah. and going the other route. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they started realizing that they actually do have a lot more in common than they both thought. Yeah. So frenemies made best friends, basically. Right. <laughs> Which, I mean, I don't know. Has that happened to you before? I'm trying to think if it's ever happened mm, to me. Not really. I don't think so. I think I went the other way. I went from yeah, like usually happens. <laughs> yeah, usually happens that way. So and so now we're still at school, and Adam comes up to Mia, and like kind of out of the blue, like it, he very much seems like he's never talked to her before. I think mm. in the book they've had some interactions together, like up until this point, right? And they've almost they almost were kind of like you know, sort of friends it for a little while. It was more like while. acquaintances. I mean, it's like high school. Everyone kind of just yeah. knows each other. <laughs> yeah. So he comes up to her and is like, oh, I have these random tickets that a family friend gave a, gave me to go see this random cellist. Do you want to go? And like in the book, it's actually Yo-Yo Ma that he has tickets right, to. Right, which is her favorite cellist. <laughs> right. I'm guessing Yo-Yo Ma did not sign off on this movie, so they couldn't Probably use not. <laughs> which, I mean, that's... If they got Yo-Yo Ma for this movie, that's, mm-hmm. that would be pretty impressive. Yes. Um, we also find out at this point, at this um point in time, that she has applied to to Juilliard. Mm. Um, that you know, which obviously is like the biggest performing arts school in the country. Um, but kind of as a pipe dream in her in her mind, she right. wasn't you know doing it because she really thought she'd get in or get an audition. So, anyways, uh. We're now back in the present. We just see that the family that on the snow day, they decided like, we don't want to stay home. Let's go visit some friends. And then we'll go see grandma and gramps later for dinner. And so they all pile in the car. Um, One thing they don't mention in the movie is Mia actually has plans to go to Portland that night to see Adam. Right. Adam, like we said, is opening for this 
really impressive band or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that was in the book. That's her plan because in the book, they're still dating. They're yeah. still on somewhat good terms. The movie makes it seem like, like she says, you know, we haven't seen him around in a mm. while, not because he's famous, but they've had a kind of like a riff in their relationship. Right. But in the book, they're still together. She's still being supportive. So mm-hmm. she does have plans to go see his right. show. So we then find out that Mia actually found her love for the cello when she was in second grade. So she was this tiny little thing, <laughs> found the cello in the back of the you know band room. And her dad was like super supportive. And like, obviously he was a rocker, so he wished she would go that route. Sure. <laughs> but, but I mean, music is music. Yeah. And, you know, he ends up buying her this like cello of her own. And we obviously get more of this backstory mm. in the book, but it's kind of like a nice little montage in the movie that they that they included. So now we're back in the present and we see the car accident happening. And it's very it, it's pretty quick. Mm hmm. In, in the movie, like the family's just kind of driving around and then all of a sudden, boom, they get hit by a car. And we see Mia, you know, fully intact, just kind of walking around on the ground. In the book, it's pretty graphic. It is. Well, and like, and I don't know if they did this on purpose in the movie, but like she very much like she not only sees herself, her own body, mm-hmm. she sees her brother, she sees her parents, she realizes mm-hmm. that her mom is gone like she is dead and so like it's like you said much more graphic much more like she doesn't even realize that she is having this out-of-body experience like she at first thinks she sees i think her brother or someone and then realizes oh no that's my body yeah so like it takes her a while to like figure out what what's actually happening and not only that but like she has time with her family before the ambulances start showing up so she's got like this moment like a few minutes of like okay what's happening? Am I alive? Mm. Am I dead? What's this? Ex- yeah. what's, what am I experiencing right now? Yeah. And it's got to be so like scary for a teenage kid. Yeah. Well, and at one point they even talk about how like her dad's brain is on the ground, literally like, splattered on the ground. Right. You know? And so, which is different because the, her dad doesn't die Got on the scene. Mm. Like her mom does. Right. So in the movie, in the movie. So we see Mia just kind of walking around. Like you said, we, she gets to see her body and, um, she's laying on the ground and she's bleeding and she's just like yelling, like, wake up, wake up, wake up. And it's really like kind of gut wrenching. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that I thought was interesting, she's panicking in the movie, which you would seem that she would be panicking mm-hmm. in the movie in the book. I just got this like sense of like matter of factness from her during this. And it, it's probably more of, cause it's like not fully sure of what's going on. I think that's what it is. Like, she's still trying to figure out like, again, am I dead or am I alive? Am right. I watching this like from above or am I actually either way though? I'd just this? be like, what is hat? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's There's just a much more sense of urgency of from her in the movie. Yes. Than in the book. Yes. Which I was kind of like, you know, sometimes like, I wish I could handle things a lot more matter of factly than emotionally. <laughs> I would be more like movie Mia than than right. book Mia. So now we get a flashback of Mia getting ready for her date with Adam and her mom's helping her, you know, get ready. And then we see that they go to the symphony um, to see not Yo-Yo Ma, but a female cellist. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I really like this part in the book, actually, where she's like worried that he's not into it. Mm-hmm. And then at one point she sees like how much he actually is into yeah. it. And that kind of bonded them. Well, I think it helped that he's also 
musical. So right. like, again, music is music. Yeah, it's not like a band necessarily, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah. It would have been even cool if it was actually Yo-Yo Ma, but right. it's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, but at the end of the date, he ends up, you know, giving her a kiss and he invites her to come see his band like any cool guy would. <laughs> I, I'm really glad that they kept the bit, bit about how it took, you know, two weeks of pizza tips for him to like pay yeah, for these tickets. They that weren't actually cute. just given to him. Right. Uh, so she does go to see his band play and she kind of just sits in the back and then they invite her to go to the after party and you get this sense of like this is just not her scene Mm -hmm. like she's like i gotta go yeah well not only that but like in the movie you get a feeling like she might be jealous of his friend liz Mm -hmm. and like that's not really in the book at all like she's just very much kind of she does her own thing but she does go support him and then of course in the movie he tells her like She's a lesbian. You have nothing to worry about. She's like, oh, okay, good, good. (laughs) So now we're back in the present and we're at the hospital and, um, and she's going into surgery. Uh, and they, they mentioned that the rest of the family is on the way. Um, at this point, um, we know that I think in the book, obviously we know that the mom and dad are already dead. Mm -hmm. And in the book, doesn't, the brother not even go to the same hospital she goes to like a smaller hospital and then gets like hella vacked to mm-hmm. the bigger hospital and i yes i think you're right i think they he ends up going to a different one because who we meet later willow is the person that's like yeah. taking care of him at this other hospital it's like briefly touched on in the movie yeah. so this is also where we meet nurse ramirez and this is where she um whispers in Mia's ear like basically like this is you need to decide if you want to be here or not mm-hmm. like you can decide to fight or not fight this gave me total Grey's Anatomy vibes from oh, this for last sure. season with Meredith Grey it's like <laughs> yeah. just pick one I don't yeah, care what you decide. pick just pick one <laughs> <laughs> um, so now we get another flashback of her parents had invited Adam after they like embarrassed him <laughs> when yeah. he dropped uh, or embarrassed Mia when he dropped her off at after their first date. Um, they invited them like, yeah, we have this like stranglers, not stranglers, stragglers um, dinner at our house like every week. Like you should just come by. Mm-hmm. And it's like all these random people. Totally. Just totally random people. <laughs> and Adam ends up showing up and they have this great time. Um, but one thing I thought was funny. So <laughs> during the dinner, Mia gets stung by a bee mm-hmm. and Adam like instinctively like goes in and like sucks the, the venom out of right. it. That's not what happens in the book. <laughs> no, in a weird situation. Um, it's actually her dad who sucks the stinger and venom out of Adam's hand. Right. <laughs> and she, it's so funny because in the movie she's like, oh, like this is the most we've been, you know, intimate or whatever. Yeah. In the book, she's like, you've been more intimate with my dad right. than with me. <laughs> And he's like, oh, does that bother you? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was way I thought, funnier. I, I don't know why they didn't do that. Me too. I thought I was, I was really bummed. I was like, nope, that's not how this happens. Why isn't dad the one doing it? Um, because it kind of leads into the next scene. Because in the movie, Adam does sneak into her room later. And they kind of have this moment. Um, but in the book, they kind of have this like, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Because they, they end up like playing each other like each other's instruments. Well, I thought that was weird because we kind of get that later in the movie. So mm-hmm. I don't know if this is that was replacing what happened in the book. But in the book, I got the feeling that this is when they had sex yeah, for the first time. same here. Which would be a lot sooner than what we get in the movie. Right. So I was not sure like which was yeah, actually Yeah, because in the movie at this point, not. it kind of just ends up fading to black. Yeah. So you don't know exactly right, what exactly. happens. Right, exactly. Uh, so anyway, so now we're back in the present. Mia's still in surgery, um, but she goes to she, you know, she's walking around the hospital at this point and trying to find her family, and um, sees all of her her grandparents are in the waiting room, and then Kim shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really sad we didn't get Kim's mom. Oh yes, 
<laughs> Kim's mom is basically like trying to just like keep things normal. And Kim's like, no, I need you to do something. I need you to act like an actual adult and like make things happen as opposed to me having to be the adult and do things. Her mom is just, her mom is hysterical in the book. (laughs) Like her mom is just 1000% hysterical. And not in the funny way. In the like, I'm panicked. I don't know what Mm -hmm. to do kind of way. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no. So basically Kim has to be the adult. Yeah. I think honestly, it's probably best that we didn't get Kim's mom. I just thought it was so funny because in the the book, she ends up taking her, they leave because her mom can't keep it together. (laughs) Well, they had had plans to do something, but yes. (laughs) I think that's when they go to get Adam, which Adam just randomly shows up in the movie. Um, Uh, So we... Go ahead. Sorry, I just want to, I guess this is the best time to explain or talk about this, but I get that she's having an out-of-body experience. Yes. But like in my experience, not having actually (laughs) had one, don't you have to physically be in the room where things are happening? I mean, you think. Like she's like wandering all around the hospital, like not even in the rooms that she's in and like she's able to see everyone, hear everything. So I just thought that was interesting. But she cannot walk through walls. (laughs) She cannot walk through walls. No, but I just thought that was weird and I guess that in this book and movie, that's what happens. Well, I don't know, though, because, I mean, in Behind Her Eyes, they're out-of-body experiences. They could go anywhere. Yeah, but that's, like, I don't know. Anyway. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we do find at this point that they said that Teddy was conscious when he came in to the mm-hmm. hospital. So things are looking okay for Teddy at the moment. Yeah. And they also mentioned that dad is in surgery. Right. Which, like we said earlier, in the book, dad is de- DOA. He's yeah. dead on the scene. So... Like brains on the ground. Right, exactly. So we get another flashback and it's uh, Mia talking to Kim about Adam. And she's basically saying like, I really don't like going to his shows. Like, I just, it's not my thing and whatnot. Um, But, you know, Kim being the good friend that she is, is kind of like, all right, well, like, let's try though. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was interesting because, and again, probably for lack of time, you know, Mia has this inner struggle in the book of like, do I tell Kim or do I not tell Kim that like, I'm really starting to feel this guy, maybe not as banned, but like him as a person because she feels like she she might lose out on like her friendship with Kim, Mm -hmm. knowing that Kim and Adam don't really get along. Right. Yeah, I think they even talk about how like there's two types of people in high school, like the ones that date and the ones that don't. Right. (laughs) Don't date. And they're definitely thought they they would be the ones that don't date. Right. So I was definitely the one that didn't date. Same. (laughs) Same. Um, So but now it's Halloween and Mia, you know, dresses up like the rocker chick that she thinks that Adam, you Mm -hmm. know, would love. And then he dresses up like Beethoven, (laughs) which I just thought was so great. Which is he? Does he dress up as Yo-Yo Ma in the book or does he do Beethoven? I can't remember. I can't remember. I, I wanted to say it was Yo-Yo Mata again. Like, that would make play more sense. On her, but maybe not. Maybe <laughs> Beethoven was easier. Um, but she gets totally into the show. She even like takes a shot at one point. And then after, he takes her to this like boathouse thing that's going to be their new practice area mm-hmm. at some point. And um, this is where in the movie they end up having sex for the first time. Right. And they kind of play each other like a cello or a guitar. <laughs> yeah. and it's just, I don't know, it's kind of weird. It's always fun to like try to like read sex scenes in a young adult book because like you can't be super graphic about it you just have to like insinuate right so it's always interesting how they choose to do it um did you also notice the song that was playing in the background i did not definitely halo it wasn't beyonce but it was halo oh i did (laughs) notice that a couple times where it was like not the actual artist but i recognized the song that's funny kids bop So now we are back in the present and Mia's out of surgery, but this is where we find out that her mom and dad have both died in the movie. And they, cause they basically say like, she's going to, 
you know, she's made it through surgery, which is not going to be the tough part because she's waking up an orphan, which is just like gut wrenching to think about. So at this point she runs, you know, out of her body to run to find Teddy and she finds Teddy and she promises to like never leave his side. And, um, because at this point Teddy is still seems to be doing okay. We, now we get another flashback and, it's Adam is Adam's band is starting to book bigger and bigger gigs and which is like, you know, good. And then Mia is like super, you know, excelling at, you know, the cello even more. And you can just kind of see like where this is probably headed. Because right. <laughs> then we see that her family is encouraging her to apply for Juilliard and her dad ends up helping her record her application mm-hmm. song. Um, but she decides at this point not to tell Adam that she's done this, which I get like, well, not only that, but like he's talking about getting a place together, right? And, like how they're going to be like so great together. Yeah. And of course she's like, yeah, that sounds lovely. Like yeah. not, you know, telling him, Oh, by the way, I might be moving across the country. Yeah. <laughs> So, because then we see Adam's band is actually leaving because they're playing at Austin City Limits, um, which is a huge, you know, festival Mm -hmm. and a huge opportunity for them. And he calls Mia at one point and says that, you know, they're getting offered a record deal. So she's like, again, like, oh, gosh, like (laughs) our lives might be going in two totally different directions. Because she then gets an actual audition for Juilliard and she ends up telling Adam and he freaks out. Yep. He calls her a liar and, you know, he just thinks that she was holding it from her and blah, 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 not being supportive. So now we're back in the present and we do see that Adam has now made it to the hospital. He's running into, into the hospital. Mm -hmm. It's very brief. Yeah. Um, This is when Kim and her mom leave in the book because she's mm -hmm. like, you need to take me to this, um, uh, club that Adam is performing at because Adam needs to know and he needs to be here. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll do something productive. Um, so we then get a flashback and it's Adam's band coming back for their homecoming show. They've been gone on tour or at this festival. And Mia's like upset because there's a girl at the show that she's like jealous about. And then so after the show, they're talking and Adam is just like livid at her mm-hmm. for not telling her about Juilliard and that, you know, they had plans to live together and she was lying about that and whatnot. And he basically just gets into the car and because the band is leaving for Seattle for a week. And she basically is like, well, you're the one that's getting in the car. Right. You're the one that's leaving. He was really rude in this scene. I didn't yeah. get this much anger from him in the book. Like he was yeah. clearly upset. He was like uh, mad at her more so for like not telling him because he felt like that's the kind of relationship they had that they could tell each other everything. But like, yeah, he just gets like super angry in the movie and I didn't appreciate it. Yeah. So now we're in the present and we find out that the social worker is talking to the family that Mia's in a coma and that she's on a ventilator, but they're going to try to wean her off a little bit. And Adam ends up just walking out because he like can't handle it, which some people need to walk it off. (laughs) So now we get another flashback and, you know, Adam's gone in Seattle. They're not on good terms. And she's seen pictures, of course, on Instagram of the tour. And she's just like super sad. Yeah. And she comes home one day and Adam's in her bedroom. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) And he put up pictures on the ceiling of the place as a replica of the place where she's going to be auditioning. Um, for Juilliard to make her like mm-hmm. comfortable. That does not happen there. in the book. It's very like, I felt like that happened in a different movie or I'm story. Sure it did. But I'm sure it did. they end up like, you know, 
making up and yeah. teen angst and blah, blah, blah. It's important to note also that this movie is set like in more modern times. Like mm-hmm. in the book, they talk about how the dad uses a disc man and like things like that. Yeah. So like Instagram wasn't a thing where the book is set, yeah. but it's definitely a thing in the movie. True. <laughs> So now we're in the present again, and they're at the hospital, and Mia's again deciding if she's... Oh, wait, no. Sorry. Go back. Um, but while he's in her room, he ends up giving her this bracelet um, of a guitar and a cello. <laughs> I would never wear that. <laughs> and they talk about their love for music, <laughs> and I'm just... I don't know. I mean, we were 17 once, I guess, like... You just buy whatever they're selling. Yeah, I think it, like they really ham it up in the movie. <sighs> I did not get like the corniness in the books right. as much. I think yeah. it was very much kind of like, yeah, this happens. People, you know, kids do fall in love in high school. Like that's normal. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like they hammed it up for the yes. movie. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're in the present and, you know, she's back in the hospital bed and she's really trying to decide if she wants to live or die. You know, and really at this point, Teddy is what's keeping her there. Yeah. Because she promised Teddy that she wouldn't leave. Which is so interesting because like to me, she in the book, she was leaning much more towards leaving Mm -hmm. than staying. And like this Teddy piece and the fact that she went to him and said, like, we need to fight. I will fight for you. Yeah. Again, tried to like make it seem much more like. For lack of a better word of like optimistic, she's going to want to fight to stay. Whereas in the book, I got very much the feeling of like, it's like sad. Of course, I'm going to miss my grandparents. I'm going to miss my, you know, boyfriend, all that stuff. But like, I can't live without my, you know, my family. So like, it was a little jarring for me to see the difference. I almost felt like in the movie, I felt like I barely got any of that. Like, yeah, because the whole point of these flashbacks in the book is explaining the relationships that she has with all of these different individuals on whether or not to stay. Like the, the conversations she has with her dad is like so important in the book because it's like, he was such an influence in her life. And it's like Mm -hmm. to not have that and to stay knowing that he's no Mm -hmm. longer there anymore is going to be so hard. Right. So like, again, to your point, it was very much brushed over. Yeah. A lot was brushed over. So now we get a flashback of her audition, um, for Juilliard and her grandpa is there Mm -hmm. because he did take her in, in the book as well, but there's a backstory on why he, (laughs) why he's the one that, that took her to the audition. So Gramps being the ultimate grandpa that he is winning, you know, the best grandpa award, um, Turns out that Grandma and uh, Mia had plans to make a whole trip out of this, you know, experience because the audition is in San Francisco. Um, so they were going to go, you know, do the road trip, have high tea, go do all these like girly, girly type things. things. Um, but unfortunately, Grandma ends up spraining her ankle or I think just spraining it, right? Not breaking it. Yeah, because she's like gardening or something. She's yeah. good. Also in the movie or in the book, they talk about how Grandma is in the hospital in her like gardening smock. Yes. She's <laughs> very much like matter of fact, like you yes. said, like she just, you know, she knows that things are happening, but like she also mm-hmm. has her life and needs yes. to stick to her routine. Anyway, so because Grandma um, sprained her ankle, Gramps, you know, being the hero that he is, steps in and ends up actually taking her and doing all of those girly type things with Mia and eventually, you know, going to the audition as well with her, which I think that was a sweet, like, moment for them yeah. because even in, like, the car, which we get a little bit of the car ride, you know, at the end, um, it's kind of awkward because she's like, there's a huge gap, you know, age gap between me and mm. my grandpa. There's, like, not a lot of, like, 
stuff we can really relate to. It's not like he's very musical and I can relate to him with that either. So it was interesting. Yeah. So, but at the end of that trip, both in the book and the movie, he does tell her like how talented she is and how, you know, he thinks she really, really is special. And that's like the most he has ever said to her in terms like that. Well, and again, to my point, Getting that in the book shows us the struggle she's feeling of like, mm-hmm. okay, if I leave, I leave my grandma and grandpa, yeah. which who I've, you know, have such a special bond with. Yeah. So like, do I really want to leave or yeah. am I just like doing this because I'm going to miss my parents? Yeah. So. so after her audition, she then goes to tell Adam about her audition. And of course, he, you know, she's like, it went great. I've never played so great in my life. And then he's like, well, why didn't you call and tell me? And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> maybe she just wanted to tell you in person. Like, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. So then they have that, like, moment where I think I think that's the moment where he tells her, like, he loves her or whatever. Yeah. Well, in the book, they they do make plans to celebrate. And then it's, like, awkward because he's like, oh, I had to go do this thing. And so they don't actually end up celebrating yeah. whatever accomplishment she, she made. <laughs> so now we're back in the present. And Adam and Kim are talking. And... You know, he tells her that he knew he loved her like the first time he walked by her playing. And so these two kind of who have kind of been at odds until then come up with a plan in the movie um, to get at because Adam has not been able to see Mia mm-hmm. yet. So they want to try to get him into her room. So they come up with this uh, <laughs> brilliant <laughs> um, distraction plan where basically Mia goes up and tries to Kim, Kim sorry, Kim goes uh up to the security guard and start saying that someone is pregnant or having a baby in the third, <laughs> you know, floor bathroom. And so <laughs> it doesn't work very well. Not he like tries all. to run by him and then the security gets called and they get taken away. Yeah. Um, that's not the distraction technique they used in the book though. No, Adam has this brilliant plan. So um, he was supposed to obviously open up for this band, which I can't remember their name, but he basically goes to the lead singer of this band who's much more popular than his own band and is like, I need you to help me like create some sort of a distraction. So this lead singer and her bandmates show up, basically decides that she's going to just start singing randomly in the ICU, which like, that's not okay. Um, But basically starts singing um, because she's so well known. The nurses start talking. Mm -hmm. There's chatter. Everyone's like trying to go see what's happening. And like in the midst of all that, Adam tries to like run in he does make it a lot farther he does actually end up seeing her before getting removed um but same situation he doesn't get too much time with her before he's taken away uh and so in the movie when adam and kim get caught by the security guards um they end up running into their parents friend willow Mm -hmm. who has kind of become like almost kind of a guardian for teddy and she's also i think either a nurse or yeah and so they run into her she kind of gets them to let let them go and at this point this is where they find out that teddy had a brain hemorrhage and that he didn't make it Mm -hmm. so now mom and dad are gone and now teddy is gone as well so obviously mia is there out of her body (coughs) and she Basically, she has, like, a total, like, meltdown, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And, but the reaction she's having in her out, outside body, her real body is also having a reaction. And she we, we see her starting to code on the mm-hmm. on the hospital bed. And, but at the same time, she's starting to see this, like, bright light somewhere. Right. So, thinking more so that she's going to be leaving. Right. In the book, um, at one point, Adam thinks that it's her fault, or his fault, that mm-hmm. she, like, kind of you know, 
crashed again because he thought that like by him going to see her like yeah. it caused a commotion and somehow it's not all about you right Adam. inadvertently caused her to crash but it's like no no teddy died that's right. why she crashed <laughs> so they now are taking her back to surgery again to figure out what's happening we now get a flashback of their new year's eve party that her and adam went to and adam tells her at this point you know if you get into juilliard like and you go like we're done. Mm-hmm. I'm like, can you at least try? Right. Like, come on. You're like, young. Long distance doesn't work. He's like, have you ever been in a long distance relationship? I'm like, why would she have been in a long distance right. relationship? She's, She's 17. literally 17. Like, come on. <laughs> so they basically have decided that they're going to be, they're going to break up if this happens. And again, we've talked to this about this many times. Don't worry about the problem until it's actually. <laughs> Actually, right. the decision has actually been right. made. You know, so she doesn't even know if she's getting in at this point. Right. So she ends up going and telling her mom, you know, that they broke up. And it's like this really touching, like, mother-daughter moment mm-hmm. and whatnot. But now we're back in the present. And Grandpa is sitting by her hospital bed now. Ugh, just tears. Dagger to the heart. And, you know, she's there, you know, outside of her body, like, asking him what she should do. She's like, tell me what to do. And he talks about his relationship with her dad and how he he never told him how proud he was and how talented he thought he was. So going back to what he said to Mia, he's basically trying to make up for that. Mm-hmm. And he basically just tells her, like, if you want to go, go. If you want to fight, like, we'll understand either way. Yeah. And it's so just, like gut-wrenching and in the movie she ends up grabbing his hand Mm -hmm. and he looks up like he can feel her and it's just this like i was like whoa (laughs) i know does grandpa know something yes grandpa how does can he see her (laughs) yeah he even mentions and i don't think this is even mentioned because this scene in the book is very short yeah he very much like sits there for a really long time and then gets up and as he's about to leave he's just like hey if you want to go like i understand Mm -hmm. like i would understand um but no even in the movie he says you know um her dad sold his own drum kit Mm -hmm. to pay for the cello that he bought for her in second grade and like he was very much invested like she's the reason that he let his like rocker ways go and you know focused on family life um but yeah this scene is just gut-wrenching yeah because now we see all of her friends and family kind of coming in and going. It's this big montage of all these people coming to see her. And Kim comes in, you know, her best friend, and is like, you know, don't think that you don't have family here. Like, you still have family mm-hmm. here. And it's just like, she doesn't want to lose her best yeah. friend, you know? So, well, and that's such a big thing to point out. And it's so smart of Kim mm-hmm. to say that because I, she knows, like, she's got to be struggling with the fact that her immediate family is gone. So in her mind, Mia's mind, she's thinking, okay, my family's gone. That's it. Like I'm going to be all by myself. Yeah. Kim's really making a point to say, you won't be by yourself. You've got your grandparents. You've got me. You've got Adam. You've got this whole like 30 plus person, you know, uh, army that's here for you. Well, and then we get a flashback of what she's called, you know, her best day ever. And which is funny because it was Labor Day and we're (laughs) recording and today is Labor Day, which is so funny. (laughs) And it was during... Um, one of the dinners that her fa- that her family has and it was like one of like no other like there were so many people there mm-hmm. it was like Adam's friends her friends and her parents friends and they have this really cool bonfire and then at one point you know all the guys were there playing their guitars and they tell Mia to go get her cello and like they talk about or she talks about how you know she always felt like she never fit in with any of these other mm-hmm. people and she ends up playing with them and it sounded great yeah So it was kind of like the one time in her life where she felt like everything was just perfect, you know? And it's like, she's like, then I can never have this again. I'm like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, but now we're back in the present and Mia walks by the waiting room area and sees everybody. And she ends up opening these like doors to supposedly go on, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's this bright light. And right as she's about to open the door, she hears the cello playing. Yeah. She hears your yo ma. Yeah. And she's like, right after the song, <laughs> I will leave right after the song. So, um, she wants to, you know, try to figure out where the music is coming from. So she ends up kind of walking towards back towards her body. Come to find out that Adam has put headphones on her. Um, and I liked that portrayal. Yeah. Cause like in the book, it's very much like she knows she's in the room. So she mm-hmm. clearly sees him do this. Yeah. Um, but like to have it on the loudspeaker and then have her kind of like walk through the halls, mm-hmm. trying to figure it out was really cool. Yeah. And he also went to her house, not only to grab that music, but grabs her mail and opens up the letter from Juilliard. Mm-hmm. Cause this whole movie, she's, doesn't know if she had gotten right. in or not. That doesn't happen. In the no, book, we right? don't find okay. out. <laughs> we don't find out. Yeah. Which I'm like, okay, at least we found out because we do. We he opens the letter and she did get in, mm-hmm. and you know, and she's in the hospital bed or her out of body, and she's like, oh, I got in. Which, like, to me, that's like another thing, another like added thing for her to want to stay, which we yeah. didn't get in the book. Not I don't that, know like, why they wouldn't have put that in the book. Well, but like, <laughs> not to say that like Juilliard is a reason to like stay alive necessarily, but, yeah. but like it is her like dream to do that. So yeah. yeah, to your point, I don't know why they didn't include that. In the yeah. Book. But at this point, Adam also tells her like, if you stay, like I will go with you anywhere. I will go to, mm. <laughs> to New York with you. I will do anything if you just stay. And he ends up playing her a song that he wrote and which she had mentioned before, like he never wanted to write a song for her because he felt like if he did, it was a breakup song. So, but he did write her a song and, um, and it basically pulls her back and she opens her eyes and then that's the end of the movie. (laughs) This is, I had an issue with the ending because, Oh, I did too. (laughs) To your point, he says, you know, if you want to go, I'll go with you in the book. It's very much like he even says, like, if you stay now, I'll let you go. Like, mm-hmm. if that's your dream, I'll let you do it. Basically saying, like, I'm not necessarily going to give up my dream, but I'll support right. you in whatever you want to do, which, like, the, to me, that sounds way more, like, legitimate. Right. But whatever. Um, yeah. And in the book, uh, sh- so he's, like, talking to her and having this experience, and he holds her hand. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, she realizes, like, okay, yes, I'm losing my entire family. I'm losing my mom, dad, and brother. But again, I have all these people with me, and I have, you know... I have the love of my life who is basically begging me to stay here. And in that moment, she musters as much like energy that she might have left in her body to squeeze his hand back, which, oh my God. Yeah. Like for her to like open her eyes at the end of the movie, I was just like, "Mm, not quite. Like you didn't, you didn't really hit the mark for me. And the fact that he was just like, Mia? And yeah. that's how the book ends? I was like, oh my god. <laughs> but didn't you, I needed like five more minutes. Like, But I mean, that's how the book ends. I, I'm saying book and movie. Like, I just need, I have so many questions. Like, <laughs> does she have permanent brain damage? Can she still even play the cello the way I guess you're gonna have she to read played before? Where she went. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but it was so like, not like a read the next book to find out what happens next. Like, it was just so like, and, and you know, I just need like a little montage to yeah. let me know that it it somewhat came out okay. Knowing that there's a second book, I was okay with it. Had I not known that there's a sequel, I'd have been like, what kind of ending was this? Like, right, and on. I didn't know it until, like, today. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, I knew there was a sequel. <laughs> I was just like, oh, like, come on. Like, can I see Gramps' reaction to her waking up? Like, I don't care about Adam. Like, gosh. Yeah. I mean, as cliffhangers go, that's a pretty good one. She just 
you know, she squeezes his hand. She's like, I'm here. Don't don't give up on me. I would like to know if the author actually meant to write a sequel after this or after she she had had so many people being like, what the hell? I'm sure she had that in her mind. I can't imagine you would end a book like that not knowing. Anyways, (laughs) did the movie stay true to the book? Yes, it did. Yeah, very much so. Um, Are you going book or movie? I'm going book. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I can't. It's just such a fluff piece. Like, there was nothing... Yeah, other than Gramps, man, yeah. nothing really grabbed me. No, I agree. Um, I, we've said this, and they did try to do a good job, considering she's doing this whole out-of-body experience thing, where like we do get her inner dialogue, whereas most movies we don't. But I still think so much of the like emotion, like we said, was taken out of it. Like yeah. We didn't really understand why we were having these flashbacks. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like, this is what happened in her life. Right. Whereas in the book, it's like, no, these things she's thinking about or remembering mm-hmm. are really trying to, she's trying to figure out if she should stay or yeah. Go. Whereas in the movie, it's very much like, should I stay? Should I go? Right. I don't know. I don't know. Like, we'll see what happens. I also <laughs> did like in the book, how the chapters were times. Yeah. Cause it all happens with like within that 24 hour time, right. time yeah. period. Agreed. So yeah. Anyways. <laughs> all right. Two for the movie. Or no, excuse me. Two for the book. Two for the book. <laughs> all right. That's it for this one. Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Boovie Girls. You can also email us at theboviegirls at gmail.com. And like we said earlier, we are on Patreon. Um, all you have to do to become a patron is go to patreon.com forward slash theboviegirls or hit the link in our bio on Instagram. And you can have access or if you can sign up and get access to our um, bonus content, including our movie serials, which we just started Nine Perfect Strangers, as well as, you know, getting a bunch of other fun stuff like stickers and shout outs and all that more good stuff, us uh, at the low low price of three dollars yes. a month um and what are we doing next week well this one was about classical music so we're going a classical book uh we are throwing it back to pride and prejudice so this book has been sitting on my shelf <laughs> for so long literally since high school mm. i have tried to start this book multiple times yeah. and it's just the writing style is very old timey yeah. so it's like I, I tried to get you to do pride and prejudice and zombies but you said we had to do this one first right if i'm gonna go with one or the other i'd rather <laughs> go just the you know classic route first i think we um, need to find out too like what movie we're gonna do with it you gotta do the Kira knightley one Okay. You have to, right? Yeah, I hate Kieran Knightley, but it's fine. Oh, okay. Well, I feel like that's the one everyone just like. Is that the, the most, most classic one? I don't think so. I think there's one before that. I truly don't know. But this we'll is a fa- fan favorite <laughs> yes. of a lot of people. So yes. um, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye. Bye.